It is August 1st, 2020, and it is beautiful and like 80-something degrees out here in Rochester, New York. And this is the Elevate Rochester podcast. Welcome. My name is Mark Fierbacher for Elevate Rochester, formerly Raybeth Rochester Area Business Ethics Foundation. You can see why we changed the name, right? Uh, visit us, please, uh, elevaterochester.org, or check us out on Facebook, our podcast, which we're doing now. Um, you can find that wherever podcasts are found, so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, just about everywhere podcasts are found, you will find us. We are trying to bring you interesting content regarding business ethics here in Rochester. We are celebrating ethical cultures here in Rochester, New York. And with me today, I have Vicki James. Hi, Vicki. How are you? Good, Mark. How are you? Very good. Um, Vicki, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my business is Medicare Easy and Health Insurance Easy. And what we do is we help individuals find the right health insurance for their particular needs. And we started that business about five years ago. That's something my husband and I do together. And then we have a team of other five agents who we mentor here in New York State, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, and Delaware. And my association with Elevate Rochester is that I have been on the board for the last seven years. I was the board chair for two years. And the reason why I got involved was that I really felt it was really important to discuss ethics in business because ethics is not one of those things that you just create your policy and then put it in a drawer and don't think about it again until next year. It's a conversation that needs to be happening every single day. And I love that Elevate Rochester is encouraging customers and, and businesses to be doing that. Well put. So, Mark, why are you here? So uh, about a year and a half ago, Ray Shady, who's one of the members of Elevate Rochester, what's now called Elevate Rochester, approached me uh, and nominated our company, Universal Imports, um, to be part of the Ethi Award process. And that was such an awesome process to go through. So at first, I didn't think so. At first, I was like, what? I have to write like 12 little essays uh, <laughs> about ethical cultures in my business. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get through all that. Well, what I realized is it was really designed to be an introspective thing for a company to do an assessment, if you will, you know, take, take kind of stock in where you are as a company. What are you doing right? What could you be doing better? What are you doing completely wrong? Um, and so I did that, uh, went through it I, and I took it very seriously. I spent probably close to two months formulating the, um, the questions that were put in front of me by Elevate Rochester, uh, had some wonderful mentors within the Elevate Rochester organization mm -hmm. and, uh, made it through the first couple rounds to the final round, which was at the time, what Elevate Rochester was doing, or Ray Beth was doing, was um, picking, they had one one winner for the Ethi Award and several finalists. Right. We wound up that year being one of the finalists, which was wonderful. And I'll tell you, what was so great was, number one, going through that process, even though it wasn't super 
easy or, uh, I mean, it was time consuming. It did take time, but it was necessary and not something you would ever do on your own. Right. So it forced me to do it. It, it really gave me a better look into my company. But then when we were finalists, we took the whole company, all 20 of us, to the Jiva Theater, where, where you had the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. And the pride that we all had in each other being there in that moment um, was just wonderful. So, you know, everybody from technicians to um, any of the part-time employees, we were all there. We were all having a great time. We were all celebrating um, our positions within the company of Universal Imports. It was wonderful. So at the end of that, um, then I was approached uh, to say, hey, um, you know, they saw that I was very, that I took it very seriously. I was very interested in it. And it didn't take long. And I was then nominated and elected to the board of directors. So I love it. I mean, I've met so many great people. So I will certainly say, and I'll throw that little plug in there right now, and that is, for any business people out there who really uh, enjoy talking about uh, ethics, working through ethical dilemmas, um, learning about what other companies are doing uh, in how they run their organization, this is a great organization to be part of. You meet a lot of wonderful people. Um, you meet a lot of people that have so many, just so much great information to share. So that is why I'm here. And uh, one of my strong suits is that a couple of years ago, I started a podcast on my for my company, which is called Grease and Glamour Podcast. You can check that out too. Sorry, a little soft plug on that. But um, And so I said, hey, guys, we should be doing a podcast for Elevate Rochester. Well, it turned out that shortly after this pandemic hit and we had to now sort of flip our thinking a little bit with the Elevate Rochester. So a couple big things were hitting at the same time. One is we changed our name, yes, which we was did. huge. We went a huge branding yep. and strategy. And that's where I met you. Several months yep. to decide, you know, Rochester Area Business Ethics Foundation was very practical, but it wasn't very uplifting. Right. It, it was hard to, it didn't really roll off the no. tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I still have trouble like with it and I know it really well, but it's still... Roger Area Business Ethics Foundation. Yeah. Um, and Ray Beff sounds like you're like, uh, you know, you have a lisp or something. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it was a little tough. Yeah. Uh, Elevate Rochester is so much better because it really totally speaks to what we, what we do. It definitely does. Yeah. It encompasses what we're, what the vision is, you know, that's celebrating ethical businesses within our area and becoming that gold star of what other areas across the country and the world should look like as well. Right. So um, we wound up having a little bit of an uh, of an issue. We, we, we rebranded the name. We were all ready to go. Pandemic hits. One of our major focuses as Elevate Rochester is getting companies to do like I did, uh, year and a half ago with actually going through that process of looking within their company, coming up with the, you know, doing these little essays on, on their company, what they're doing right, what they could be doing better, what makes them stand out. And then picking those companies as finalists and then having our 
annual ethics award. Yeah, you know, allowing companies to take credit for what they're doing good in their business. Yeah. And allowing the community to celebrate, you know, businesses that are looking and saying, not only do we need to be profitable, but we need to be doing it in an ethical manner at the same time. Right. And so we we're all ready for that. And then the, the coronavirus hits and now we have to kind of redirect. And that is we decided like a lot of organizations, a lot of um, different things, we had to put it on pause because it, it just wasn't going to work out. Well, it just um, didn't feel ethical. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's perfect. It did not feel ethical to, to, to try to, to continue forward. in the way we had been. Right. We recognized that businesses needed to focus on their clients, customers, and employees. Right. And, you know, yes, they could also focus on trying to get this award, but let's, you know, put what's important up first. Yep. And then let's worry about the award next year. Right. So, uh, in the meantime, what do we do? Well, what we decided is one, the podcast is a new addition and that's something that we could bring to people and talk, keep the kind of conversation going in the meantime. Also, um, you know, some of the members of our organization have been going out to companies and, and really securing these wonderful interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, virtually going out to companies. Virtually, that's right. We haven't physically, <laughs> in fact, this is probably the first physical meeting of an Elevate Rochester. Yes, uh, since the beginning of March. Yes. Yeah, uh, you and I. We are distancing. We are, yep. So everybody knows. We took the tape measure out. We're exactly six <laughs> feet apart. Um, masks are not on, but we are six feet apart. Yes. And, um, so anyway, um, so as we were going before this hit and as we were going into the possibility of, uh, of the ethics award going forward, what we had done in the past was, um, like I had mentioned, we had finalists mm-hmm. and then we had one award. Yep. Per, um, group size. So we had small group, medium group, large group. Right. And what I think we've decided, well, we did decide uh, after a lot of discussion. A lot of discussion and a lot of feedback, too, from past recipients yep. and finalists. Kind of hard to kind of hard to look at all these companies, regardless of their size, and say, you're more ethical than, than this company. Mm-hmm. All of those companies had the, the, the right to be there, and all those companies had the, the same merit to be there. So going forward we're just going to celebrate several companies as an ethics uh, award ceremony and not have like a, you know, recipient recipient finalist. So we're, we're adopting more of the mindset of if you make it to the finalist quote unquote um, section of the judging then everybody's the winner, yep. right? Before we tried to be really, you know, cognizant of not saying winners and losers, and it was finalists and recipients. But going forward, we're just like, you know, if somebody can, with their business, prove that they deserve to be a finalist, then they should be recognized. And so right. we're no longer going to have that winner and runner-up format. It's going to be. If you can make it, you know, into the room as a finalist, you are also a winner. And what we're going to do is, you know, look at each of those 
finalists, winners now, and say, but here's the company that's really good at this. You know, here's right. the company that's really good at that. Right. Um, and really highlight what they're doing well. So not only are they, you know, doing really well with ethics overall, but they're they're highlighting a particular part that um, they've they've done and been able to cultivate in a special manner. Yeah. So um, we're going to get back to that. Let's hope that uh, things start going in a positive direction for the whole country. Um, we've been, uh, you know, New York was a, a pretty hard hit area initially. We're doing better now. As of August 1st, <laughs> we're doing phenomenal. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> let's hope it keeps going that way, and let's hope the rest of the country uh, is going in that same direction, and then next year we'll be able to get back on track with this. In the meantime, we I really do encourage uh, our listeners to, um, you know, engage with us on Facebook. Uh, you can you can see uh, as Vicky as you mentioned, all of our interviews that we've been doing we've been doing virtually mostly on Zoom, uh, and so we have been not only turning those into podcasts where you can listen to them in your car, but if you're at home and you want to watch them, they are actually recorded Zoom meetings that we have also on uh, YouTube. So you'll be able to find those. If you go to our website, the landing page will take you to those, um, to either the YouTube channel or to our podcast channel, and you can find all that content. And on top of that, too, we have videos of every finalist and recipients um, right. from the past years. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was the uh, that was like, I don't even know if I want to say it was the icing on the cake because it was what everybody says that though. It was much more than that. So, um, when you, uh, get to the, I guess it's the third round, mm -hmm. you then get a video made of your company that is displayed at the award ceremony. And this video is no joke. Um, it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. Uh, they they go through, and it's kind of like a little vignette, uh, you know, two- or three-minute vignette about your company. And uh, they did such a wonderful job. It was like bringing tears to my eyes to watch it. They really pulled some great emotion out of our company uh, when they did the video. And um, that was more than icing on the cake, but that's probably what I'll say, is that that's just an extra keepsake you get at the end is to have that. So those keepsakes for all those companies are on our website too. So as you mentioned, you'll see our finalists uh, videos on there. Yeah. And it's great because it gives people an inside view of different businesses within our community that oftentimes we are not even aware of. Right. Um, so it's really fun and it's only two minutes. So if you're not a big video watcher like myself, you know, it's only two minutes. It's not too long, <laughs> but it still gives you enough information that you, you feel good about watching it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was really a wonderful part. I mean, every aspect, honestly, of that whole process was positive. Um, from the people I met, uh, to the video, to sitting at my desk for honestly hours writing and thinking about how to put my company on paper yeah. and to explain what when you have to really sit there and try to try to block out everything else and just focus on what makes your company ethical 
you know, Vicky and I were just talking before this, this podcast, and this is the interesting thing that came out of it. When you talk about ethics or business ethics, initially you would say it's ethics. I mean, what's there to talk about, right? You're, you're either doing something wrong or you're doing something right. Do on to others as you do on to yourself. Uh, you know, just be a good person. That is the 30,000 foot view. But then when you get into the weeds, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, we were looking up some, uh, one of the things that, uh, Vicki and I decided we wanted to do is every week bring <clears throat> some sort of ethical dilemma right. to the forefront on the podcast. Which is what we also do at our board meetings. Yes. So every, every board, board, board meeting starts meeting, that way. We, yep. started with, we start with an ethical dilemma and we discuss it because, as I said earlier, ethics can't be something you put in the drawer. You have to be discussing it all the time. And then it goes back to what you were just discussing of our previous conversation that, yes, you know, in theory, ethics is really easy. It's do right and everything else will work out okay. It seems like there's nothing else to talk about, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. it. That's it. Okay, done. <laughs> Meeting adjourned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just do the right thing. Um, but then, you know, when you really start to put about, you know, in certain situations, now we're t- taking in emotions and, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves and how am I feeling? How are they feeling? You know, what's going to be the ramifications of this particular decision? And now, not only does that sometimes make it so that we're not having the right decision, um, but sometimes it also puts us in paralysis to not make a decision at all. Right. That's right. Yep. So one of the things that we're going to be having in each of these podcasts is we're going to talk about an ethical dilemma. And so we got this great article from Florida Tech, and it's called The Five Business Ethical Issues Facing Businesses. And the five issues that they've been talking about is accounting, social media, harassment and discrimination, health and safety, and then finally technology and privacy. So since this is just an intro podcast today, we're just going to hit upon just a couple examples of what all those five might mean in an ethical manner for businesses. And then as we continue to go forward with different podcasts, we're going to actually go deep dive into these and bring in some of our past recipients as well so they can discuss the ethical um, dilemmas they've had in their own business and talk about how they've worked through it. Right. Accounting. So see right away, like you can, you, you, you talk about ethics and you go, what's there to talk about right or wrong. Then I throw a word like accounting in there and you go, okay, ethics with accounting. Well, again, you go, well, you know, you just write the numbers down the way Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be. And that's ethical. Well, there's so many variables and there's so many different ways to do things ethically or not ethically. Right. Um, Enron is the first, I think, (laughs) word that people think of when it comes to, you know, non-ethical accounting practices. And Enron was actually the catalyst where Rochester Area Business Ethics Foundation, now Elevate, actually originated from. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So our founder, Alan Ziegler, was the uh, Society of Financial Planners. I never get the right words in the right order but along those lines uh he was the chap not the chapter excuse me he was the national president and they were trying to figure out how can they gain more trust in 
communities because, you know, at the time, everybody just thought anybody in accounting or financial were crooks and run. And so they created a national ethics award. And then Alan was so moved by this and had so much passion behind it, he started the Rochester chapter. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, there was chapters all across the country and they have slowly dwindled away but we are still one of the most thriving chapters across the country. And it all came out from the fact of, all right, there's companies out there that are doing wrong accounting-wise. Yep. And how do we change that up? How do we change that conversation to let's talk about companies who are doing well? Right. Yep. So I was just sharing you know, well, something really quick. And, and one uh, to steal a quote, that Alan probably <laughs> took from someone else too, because it's been a lot. It's been around for eons, but a rising tide rises all boats. Yeah. And so instead of talking about the bad, let's talk about the good, because the good is what is going to inspire someone else to do the right thing. Yes, definitely. And I was just listening to a Freakonomics podcast this morning while I was getting ready about changing the conversation from negative media to positive media. So yeah. I'm so yeah. happy you brought that up. Yeah, right. So, okay, so accounting, we'll be we'll be getting more into those types of conversations. The next one is social media. Yeah. We were before we even <laughs> pulled up this article, we were we were kicking around ideas for future podcasts and the next podcast by the way is going to be about Leaving, uh, how to handle, if you're a business owner, how do you handle a bad review if you get a bad review online? Also, as a consumer, mm -hmm. what is your responsibility to treat a business fairly yeah. when you want to leave a bad review? Mm -hmm. And like any of this stuff, it seems cut and dry, but there are actually a lot of little nuanced things to think about and go, you know what, that's probably the better way. Right. Uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're really mad at someone and you just want to, you want to like tear off this email that just really puts all your feelings right out there and you've, you're just full of it and you're just typing away and you've got this wonderful email explaining all of your feelings and really, you know, making it known. And then the best thing is don't, click send right. just let it <laughs> let it marinate there for a couple days yep. and almost for sure you are going to feel different 24 or 48 hours from now yes. and you'll be happy that you did not send it or at least you'll be able to go back and go I don't need that sentence <laughs> I'll take that one out <laughs> exactly. so it's kind of like the same thing so social media responsibility when you when you're a business and you're dealing with a negative review how do you how do you handle that? And, and we'll get into the weeds on that on the next next podcast. Also, though, as a consumer, is it fair to when if you do get bad service, is it fair to without allowing a company the opportunity to make good on something or at least acknowledge it to to then put that out there? Because once it's out there, it's pretty much out there. Yeah, there, there's no scrubbing it back. Right. It's it's, it's hard to do. Yep. Forever, definitely. So the next one is about harassment and discrimination. And, 
you know, we we sort of joked and we're like, you know, that seems pretty easy and self-explanatory. But unfortunately, it, that's still happening. Oh, yeah. And, and so how do we, you know, we're going to talk about how as a business do we overcome those things and create a culture that will squash harassment and discrimination. Yeah, and, you know, to excuse the pun when we're talking about, you know, creating ethical cultures, but creating cultures within your company to where employees and management have a, a like-minded mm-hmm. uh, feeling about how things should be handled. Um, you know, there there are uh, in, in a lot of productive companies that, that have, a, a, say, a productive floor or whatever, uh, you, you have people that may see things wrong, but they don't want to be the whistleblower. They don't want to be the tattletale. They don't at the same time, they want to do right by the company, uh, and those are the struggles that you come up with. But if you create the right culture within your company, mm-hmm. you may, and it's much easier said than done, I understand, but you may be able to get to a point where you can bring everybody into a room and have those conversations without it feel, without it feeling like someone's throwing someone else under the bus. Yeah. Um, so talking about how do you work up to that, it doesn't happen overnight. It, no. It's a it's it's you know building a, a respect and a trust for one another, mm-hmm. which does take time. But there are practices you can start with right now mm-hmm. that'll get you to that point. Yeah. And then the flip side is you think that you're being very fair and honest with everybody, and then somebody might come back and say, Yeah, but you know what, that felt like discrimination. Or, I mean, there is some laws that say that companies can discriminate on certain biases. Yeah. Is that truly ethical? Just because it's part of the law, is it truly ethical? So lots to dig into on that side of things. Yes. Um, Health and safety is the next one on the list. And I think the the biggest hot topic right now about health and safety is mask wearing indoors. (laughs) Yeah. In New York State, it has, you know, been decreed that if you're indoors, you need to keep a mask on um, as long as you are not sitting at a restaurant, um, and then you're supposed to be also keeping six feet apart. Um, but, you know, we've talked and heard lots of stories about, you know, people either not wanting to wear a mask, um, right. may it be their sure. personal views, political yep. views, whatever. And as business owners, it puts us in a particular, you know, precarious manner of some, you know, restaurants are trying to keep their liquor license. And right. if they don't, you know, make sure that people are doing this, they could lose their liquor license, which means they could lose their entire restaurant. You know, companies like myself, where I deal with the public that's 65 and older who are more at risk, you know, if, if I'm not taking those particular precautions, I actually could become this epicenter where several of my clients could actually become sick and sure. not even know that I'm passing it along. What, you know, I think from, from a business owner standpoint, you have to, you have to look at it this way. You have to make an assumption that the person you're speaking to is is very concerned about this mm-hmm. and therefore you should be wearing a mask because regardless of how you feel about it, it only is going, it's not going to spread the virus more. It's only going to potentially protect. Yeah. Uh, if, if even if you don't believe in it, um, if you're a, if you are on the consumer side or, uh, you know, a patron, um, whether it's a restaurant or whatever, I think it's important 
to if you're concerned, you know, that that you either speak up or leave or whatever, but also realize and not not saying that anybody should get a pass by any means, but also realize that we're all in this together and we're all figuring this out at the same time. But when a company has a strict policy about mask wearing, it may not they may it may not have anything to do with their their particular view on it. It has to right. do with the fact that they're protecting their company, mm -hmm. their employees. Um, you know, we have a discussion in my business all the time saying, look, we have to, we have been so, we've been lucky thus far. We want to continue to uh, be able to get through this in a, as best way possible. Wear your mask, disinfect, treat every customer as if they have major concerns about it because that is the reality of things. People are concerned and rightfully so. And we need to, this is a new norm. Mm -hmm. I think even when this virus goes away, I think a lot of this stuff is going to stay around. It's going to become part of our culture. Well, you know, I was sharing with somebody the other day. Remember when we all used to give, you know, people from Asia, the side eye when they were wearing masks. Yeah. Right and now, you know, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think it's, um, it's a matter of respect. It's respect for the other person and how they, that's really what it boils health. down to. Right. And the respect for the business owners yep. as well. And I think if, if people view it that way, it'll be a little bit easier to kind of, you know, grasp and understand it. It is all about respect, respecting your fellow, uh, workers uh your 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 um colleagues as well as uh customers you're dealing with and that yeah, sort of thing definitely and so the last one on the list is technology and privacy and mark you had a great example of this particular um point on the list yeah so uh a while ago um you know i had some work done uh in my business and uh the company that uh I had hired to do the work. Um, when they were done, they uh, were taking videos of the work they had done and they shared it to their social media, which I was fine with, except I thought to myself, what if I wasn't fine with that? Mm -hmm. I hadn't been asked. I was not asked if they could, if they could show off what I had paid them for. Right. I own a car dealership. We often uh, will ask a customer if we could take a picture of them with their new car. That doesn't mean it right away gives me the right to now take that picture and plaster it all over social media or my website without getting their consent. And I think the safest way is get their written consent. But, you know, getting consent from a customer, first of all, it helps, it gets the customer engaged in it too. Hopefully you did a good job by that customer to say, we love to have our picture on your social media and, right. and, and, uh, and we, we love to do that, but it definitely is something that should be, you know, these are the kinds of things that you go, well, yeah, it seems like no brainer stuff, but it's happening all the time. And these are the kinds of conversations we should be having. Yeah, it, actually, you know, it made me think about it. My background's in marketing and um, we used to do a catalog 
um, that went across the country. And we always had to have all the models and, and the cheerleaders. It was a cheerleading and dance catalog company. We had to have everybody sign off, you know, do a, a photo release sign off. And this era of social media has really taken that away. You don't really see a lot of companies having individual sign off anymore saying it's okay to use my image. Yeah. It's we've in the last 10 years we've just moved into this whole mindset of well, it's such a huge everywhere. Right, it's such a huge part of our culture now. Mm-hmm. Social media is like a whole, you know, a whole nother area of our lives yeah. for for many of us. Yeah. But for some it is not. Yes. You know, I I belong to a couple um uh organizations, volunteer organizations where the age group can be from, you know, mid twenties to mid eighties. I mean, that that's the, it's a, it's a very diverse group of people. And, you know, some of the people that were not raised in the era of social media are still uncomfortable with their likeness being online. Make sure to check us out on uh, elevaterochester.org. Um, you can check us out on Facebook at Elevate Rochester. Our videos, all of that stuff is getting put together and getting onto our website uh, as we speak. Our podcast, uh, Elevate Rochester Podcast, you can um, check us out wherever podcasts are found. Tell a friend about it. Uh, if you have uh, people that are in the business community here in Rochester, say, hey, have you heard of Elevate Rochester? You should check out their podcast or their or their website, or better yet, become a member of this great organization. Yes, um, definitely you, volunteer. We're always looking for volunteers. Yeah, we want to grow this thing. We want to elevate ethical cultures here in Rochester. Uh, I'm Mark Fearbacher. I'm Vicki James. And we hope you have a great afternoon. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>